Number seven, the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching is a Chinese text from about the fourth century BC, um, credited to Lao Tzu. And here is a, a reading from the Tao Te Ching, uh, translated by J.H. MacDonald. When people see things as beautiful, ugliness is created. When people see things as good, evil is created. Being and non-being produce each other. Difficult and easy complement each other. Long and short define each other. High and low oppose each other. Fore and aft follow each other. Therefore, the master can act without doing anything and teach without saying a word. Things come her way and she does not stop them. Things leave and she lets them go. She has without possessing and acts without any expectations. When her work is done, she takes no credit. That is why it will last forever. Sometime in the year I turned 31, I had a very clear vision of a flame in the center of my chest that was about to flicker out. And somehow I knew a part of me would die if it went out. My soul, perhaps, my desire to live, my desire to live a fruitful life, my willingness to be engaged with life. It scared me deeply. And so I began to seek help of a spiritual nature. I had long since parted ways with the church I'd been raised in, and so I went elsewhere. My first foray into Eastern thought was through the wisdom of the Chinese, the I Ching and the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching is an expression in verse form of the philosophy of Taoism, often translated as the way. The way toward what, we may ask? The way toward harmony with the universe. It's very Vedic in this regard, the idea that by looking, we may uncover an experience of oneness, or at least akin to oneness. Universe may be seen as meaning one song, uni, one verse song. And though the term harmony implies at least two voices, at least they are singing in the same key. And indeed, our experience in the relative world of the opposites that were uh, listed in the in the preceding verse this is an experience of relativity everything is in relation to something else the good does imply the bad the the wanted implies the unwanted and what we're looking for in vedic terms is how do we accept good or bad wanted or unwanted, with uh, equanimity? How do we not react to the uh, facts of our life, the experiences of our life? How do we step into this uh, constant experience of opposites and uh, see it all as the work of one nature, one universal set of truths, one flow of wisdom. Taoism uh, seeks the same thing. 
simply uses different language. The symbol for Taoism is the yin-yang, a circle divided by an S-curve into equal parts black and white. And in the center of the black, there is a smaller circle of white, a dot, really. And in the circle of white, there is a smaller circle or dot of black, meaning that as soon as something moves into one of the uh, extremes, it immediately begins to fall back toward the other extreme, like a pendulum. It doesn't keep going around. It flows back in the other direction. This yin-yang symbol represents the ever-changing nature of the universe, the flowing of life from one way to another. If there's a storm, it's certain to be followed by calm, night, most assuredly is followed by day like that. This is the gist of what I was able to ascertain early on in my reading. The only certain thing is change. I can't even tell you how angry this made me. In retrospect, I, I, I can see that I was looking for an experience of life that was free of pain or discomfort or uncertainty. I was looking for a perfection that once attained, I could freeze in time as if I could take a Polaroid of everything just so and finally no peace. The idea that this was impossible and things would inevitably change no matter what I accomplished just made me crazy. It was, it was frightening. It made me question why I would even try. If change is the only constant, then what's the point? Why try to build something if it's just going to fall apart? When I began my study of the Veda, I found a similar idea. The Veda, too, says that change is inevitable. However, it adds something to this. The Veda says that there is only one thing going on in nature, in me, as nature, and that one thing is change but it is progressive change, evolution. Everything is always moving in the direction of greater wholeness, greater happiness, greater productivity, expansion, regardless of how it may appear at any given moment. With this idea, we may learn to embrace change rather than seek some impossible perfection. We may learn to see evolution as an ally rather than the enemy. If all change is progressive change, then by definition this next moment will be more in the direction of evolution than the moment that has just passed, regardless of how it may appear. With this as a given, my job is to recognize the progress of each moment, affirming change, while at the same time letting go of all that has come before, and letting go of my idea of how I thought it's supposed to be. Change is inevitable, and all change is progressive change. All change is for my highest good, for the good of all, 
and for the good of nature. May I attune myself with this change now. May I allow myself to embrace the flow of this change through me as me in every moment of my day. Today, I will look for evidence of evolution in my life. I will insist on knowing that evolution is the truth of my life. Even in those places and situations and relationships where my life may seem to be going to hell in a handbasket. Thanks for listening to Embracing Bliss. I started this podcast and the book it's based on to offer a daily reminder to myself as well as to you that we have the freedom to choose happiness. And if ever we needed happiness and freedom to choose in this world, now would be that time. So please do share it with someone you love, send it to a friend, and also please stay in touch. Links for Instagram, uh, the book Embracing Bliss, and to sign up for my newsletter can all be found in the show notes. Until next time, have a great day.